Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. And no matter where you are in the world, I hope inside of you it is a sunny, sunny day. Because for me, that is the the beauty of life is that no matter what's going on outside of you, as long as I myself personally can keep it sunny inside, then nothing really seems to get me down. Some days it's a little bit harder, everybody, but have a sunny day today. All right, today I want to talk to you about what is success? All right. How do you decide to have success? We've talked about mindset quite a bit on this show because I'm a big believer that there is a difference between willpower and mindset. And my guest today is Jim Palmer. I met Jim through another one of my guests. And what I love about him is He's so authentic. He's so real. He's willing to tell you exactly what it is, what's going on, but he pushes, right? Because I think that the best coaches, the best people out there push you to expand your life. I got a quote today from Rick Frischman who quoted Lou Holtz, never wish life were easier, wish that you were better. I love that quote. Jim, I don't know what you think about that quote, but I think that is awesome, and it's a perfect quote to kick off the show with you. So welcome to the show. Uh, it's my pleasure to be on your program, and that is an awesome quote, and I, I just love the way you even open the show because, you know, uh, as you know, a little bit about my backstory, I have had cancer a couple times, and I think any day you can get up and put your feet on the ground is a good day, <laughs> and as you and I are talking, it's snowy and crappy and sleety, but I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm still cancer-free, so it's a good day, so let the sun shine, as you say. Yeah, and you know, it's such a, an important thing, but it, I think it's important for all the listeners out there to know that you know that doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time you know you just want to sort of hold that warm sunny spot inside but you know sometimes it may dim a little and that's okay as long as it doesn't stay that way if you're staying that way you want to reach out and get some help from somebody absolutely you know one of the things i've have i have on my desk is uh an hourglass I mean, it's like kind of a nice wooden, it's not like the little plastic time when you time your eggs. but And it always reminds me that the sand is running out. Because I was 41 when I first had cancer, and I thought maybe, I, I, what do I have, another 40 or 50 years left? And all of a sudden, for about three weeks, I didn't know if I was going to have five years left. And so it made me realize that life, is, life can be very short. And we know it's fleeting because the years seem to get shorter and shorter. But you're right, and, and that's, that's actually why I push people. And because what are you waiting for? You know, I tell people this, Law. I said, we're already on the main stage. This is not a dress rehearsal. There's, there's, you're not going to get a do-over or a mulligan or whatever you want to call it. And eventually the curtain's going to come down. So uh, no regrets. Now, you founded Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching, which I think is just I, I love what you're doing with the work you're doing. And I love your book, Decide the Ultimate Success Trigger. Um, I have it totally dog-eared, and I think it's it's a wonderful book that really pushes you to think differently, and I'm all about thinking differently and asking yourself new questions. What made you, what was that moment for you, that success trigger for you that took you to create the Dream Business Academy and coaching? 
some, I, I, first of all, I was probably three years behind the curve, so I was a little bit of a, a late bloomer in that area because people that were friends of mine and peers that were also doing coaching and things like that, they were running their own live events. Um, and as you've read in the in the book, decide I come very I come clean. That that was the hardest book to write because I felt like I was on my therapist's couch revealing all my inner workings and all the shortcomings and and demons that I had head trash I call it. And 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 the last demon that I sort of kicked to the curb was going going forward and putting on my own live event because it's first of all it's not easy it's an incredible amount of work you do have to put a lot of money up front rent rent the hotel room you have to guarantee a certain number of sleeping rooms and you got to market it and hope that people come and if they don't you're on the hook for all of that anyway and if they do come and you do have the the group following you that you think is going to come and what if you get introduced and you freeze for three days you have nothing to say <laughs> there's a lot of head trash that goes on laura but um Really what pushed me was, I call this my most embarrassing moment as an entrepreneur, and I I shared this, I was, as you know, recently in Orlando running an event, and I said my most embarrassing moment was when I was in this uh, high-level coaching program with other coaches and people who had done very, very well for themselves, which there's a clue there. You don't want to be the smartest one in the room. So if you're going to be in a group, you want to be where, not not only that you can live and, and serve and give others, but you want to not be the smartest person well on a break and and this was the kind of the saving grace for me didn't do it in front of everybody but on a break a a gentleman who's a multi-million dollar coaching business took me to the side and he said jim let me ask you a question he said uh i know a lot about what you do and more importantly i know what you're not doing right now and he goes how is it that you think you're entitled to the same level of success as other coaches perhaps people in this room have but you're not willing to do the same things that they're doing or have done to grow their business how does that work wow that <laughs> that, that's a, that's amazing that's I powerful mean, that really hurt. I mean, I don't know, pardon my, that was a, a you-know-what slap moment. I won't say it on your live air, but but it was it was one of the greatest blessings in my life because I flew all the way home. That was in California. I live on the East Coast. I flew all the way home going, never again will I be put in that position. And, and I put myself there. That's me being a, a, a wuss or, you know, I, I was just not doing these things. And I said, never again am I going to be the one that holds myself back. So I started doing many things to get over some of my fears and phobias and head trash. And I'm kind of an all-in guy, Laura. Like, I don't just try one thing and see if it works. I mean, I was sharing with our mutual friend, Renee, who, who, who helps people through hypnotism. I said, I did hypnotism. I did Dale Carnegie. I did daily affirmations. I did it all. And lo and behold, I got over my fear of public speaking. I'm actually pretty good at it. And I can run a three-day event. So you, people really have to just decide, if you want to pardon that pun there or phrase, they have to decide what they want is really worth going through some of the stuff you have to go through. And, you know, there's there's an expression, I'm sure you've heard it, the, the top 1% is made up of people who are willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do so they can have a life that other people won't have. It's not easy um, creating a dream business, but if it's what you really want, you should go for it. Absolutely. And uh, for the listeners out there, the Renee that Jim was talking about is Renee Brent, who's been on the show, and she wrote the amazing book, How Big Is Your Butt?, so go back and listen to the show with Renee because she's just totally amazing. All right, Jim, you were talking about this whole idea of head trash. Mm-hmm. And that's 
it's another way of saying, you know, all that negative talk, all that stuff that's stuck in your head. How does somebody begin to take out that trash? So I'll give you a couple of really actionable things. So one of the, there's two things I'll, I'll mention. I cover a lot of these different in, in each chapter decide, but the imposter syndrome is one that affects a lot of people. Whether you're just starting out, whether you have a six-figure business or even a seven-figure business, everybody sort of has that feeling like, oh, no, I've certainly achieved some success, but am I about to be found out <laughs> that I'm not as good as I think I am? Or are people going to go, oh, my gosh, we're, we're, why have we been paying this man all along, right? So the imposter syndrome is one that holds a lot of people back. The other one is um, not launching and not putting your content out there because it's not perfect. And people just, you know, when I wrote my first book, Laura, it took me 18 months. It actually took me about a year to write, and it took me six months to get the courage to push the button because if I'm going to put a book out there and it's going to have my name on it and and I only put my picture very small in the back today, I put my picture right on the cover, but I wasn't going to put my book out there because I think everybody in the, in the English-speaking world is going to know that I, I skipped more English classes than I attended and who, who does this guy think he is being an author? And the strategy of trying to be perfect is one that is just a business killer. It's certainly a momentum killer. And one of the things that I learned how to do, well, two things. I, I realize, obviously, that there is, there is nobody that's perfect, all right? So perfectionism is something you can strive for, but what you really want to do is put out your best work and then launch it. Because your, your phenomenally awesome book that's still in your computer is not nearly as good as my imperfect book that's sold three or 5,000 copies, right? So you've got to recognize that goal. One of the things that I think helps people get over their, their perfectionism hang-up is this. You need to personalize um, your not taking action, right? So I'll give you an example. When I was... Um, moving along in my business. And when I started my business, my, I had twin girls, they were 13, so somewhere around the 16-year mark or 17-year-old, I knew they were going to go to college, and it would certainly be my desire and dream to help them pay for college, but my business was nowhere near that level at that point. And there were certain things that I was not doing. For, instance, for example, I wasn't t accepting speaking engagements. I would simply say I was busy, thanks for the offer, but I didn't want to go out and speak in front of people, so I just didn't do that. And, you know, when we start businesses, sometimes what we want to do is we want freedom. Uh, I no longer work for the man, so I don't have to be a speaker if I don't want. And by my saying no, Laura, I'm not going to get called down to the office at the end of the hall and say, why didn't you do that? Because it's my company. So there's some freedom in being the owner of your own business. But what I did is I suddenly realized that by my not doing things, even though it was okay with me and I could justify my own inaction because darn it, I own the company, my inaction was impeding my ability to grow and therefore it was making the lives of my daughters harder. And that was not okay with me. And see, you know, people will often work harder and dig deeper for other people or, other, or a different cause or something than they will for themselves. And so if you can personalize the effect of your inaction beyond yourself, whether it's affecting your, your family, your community, or church, whatever, that will often help you get to do things. It'll give you, it's kind of like superpowers. That's, and that's and I love that. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from the commercial break. Keep in mind this question, everybody. Are you saying no to yourself? We'll be right back with more with Jim Palmer. 
Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. So hopefully during the break, when you're on the podcast, there's no break, but on the live audience, um, you were asking yourself, am I saying no to myself? So Jim, I, I love your whole concept of the perfection syndrome and the imposter syndrome. Uh, I know that that has stopped me a number of times. And like this Saturday, I sent out an email to my list after I converted over from Entreport to ConvertKit. So I, I sent an email blast out to everybody. And then I get a phone call from a friend of mine saying, Laura, your link over to your new website, it's it doesn't work. You typoed your name. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't send out to everybody that, you know, I, I typoed. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to send it out to everybody because it's pretty funny and people know me. But my friend said, don't. Just go buy a misspelling of your domain and then do a quick forward. <laughs> oh. So I did. And, and it was like there's always a way around what pretty much most mistakes you make. Some of them are, are a little more painful than others. And some of them, most people won't even know that you made a mistake. So I, I love that you talked about it. Let's go into that a little bit more. What is it about perfection that locks us all up? And how can we begin to step out of it? I mean, for authors, get an editor. I highly recommend it. I can tell you, I can recommend a number of editors if anybody's an author and wants to write a book. And they can make sure your grammar is okay and the spelling's fixed. But where are some steps business owners can take, entrepreneurs well, can take? Well, first of all, you know, I, I second that about an editor. Um, you know, I, I've, I've just been blessed with a, a really phenomenal editor on all of my books. I'm writing my seventh book now. But, you know, it's, it's my words, it's my thoughts, but she, the, my joke is from the stage is she makes it sound like I passed the sixth grade, right? <laughs> it's my stuff. But, the, you know, the opposite, I think, let's talk about what the opposite of perfectionism is, and that's real, because nobody's perfect. And one of the things that people hear a lot about, but they don't really you know, peel the onion back and dive in is the power of being your authentic self. Um, I, you know, I'm the, I'm the farthest thing from being perfect, but the more authentic I am uh, in interviews like this and talking about all my shortcomings and how I was afraid of public speaking and I wasn't going to put my own, you know, money on the line and host my own events and all these different things that I share, uh, people, here's the thing, people are attracted to authenticity. Uh, we think in our minds, especially if you're um, a service provider, and I don't mean like a carpet cleaner, no disrespect, but if, if people are hiring you for your intellect, let's say, um, and, they, and you're thinking that if, if I show that, you know, I don't know the difference between S-O-N and S-U-N in my articles or books, people are going to think, what a boob, I'm not going to hire that person. Well, that's not the case. When people get to know who you are as an authentic person, the thing is you are going to attract more people that you're meant to attract, but the, the flip side of that is you're also going to repel a certain number of people, and that's a good thing because the last thing, the, the worst way in the world to build a business is to try and please everybody. So when you are your authentic self, that's better. So, And the other thing is, and here's the... Here's the, the Get over yourself. <laughs> Just get over yourself. I mean, we all make mistakes every day, and, and, and 
I learned this, Laura, because I've been doing weekly videos for almost six years. I think I only missed like two weeks in, in six years. And early on, probably six months into it, I think I had three viewers, me, my mom, and my wife possibly, right? And I just, there was a very slow uh, growth process because I thought, well, if I'm going to be a smart businessman, I better just do the headshot or, you know, the, the, from the chest up and I'll, hi, this is Jim Palmer. I thought I had to be very professional, which is the opposite of me for, for, to a large degree. And there was one time I thought, well, just for a little a little change of scenery, uh, I, I used to paddle my kayaker on this lake near our home, and I put my, my little flip camera on a tripod in the cup holder, and I'd say this. Anyway, I'm doing this show, and I clearly remember it was called uh, Ideas Versus Action. Everybody's got ideas, but nobody gets into action. And when I was getting in my kayak off camera, I slipped on the edge of the lake, and I, I fell in, kept my camera dry. I <laughs> <laughs> saved so, the camera. <laughs> yeah. I know, exactly, right? And, of course, then I look around. Is anybody looking at me seeing this? But I'm, I'm shooting this thing, so now I'm paddling, and I'm saying, hey, it's Jim Palmer talking about ideas for action. The little voice in my head, which is always going, said, tell them what just happened. And I said, hey, I'm just going to share this with you. And I shared the story, and I said, I, I hope this doesn't end up on Funniest Home Videos. I didn't see anybody. And then I went on with my show, and suddenly my viewership started going up. I started getting likes and comments. That was my first clue that just be who you are, and you're going to attract more people. So unless you think you're a perfect person, stop striving for perfectionism. That's so important. I love the way you shared that about the little bobble with the kayak because, especially on video, so many people, I know myself, I, I have this trouble, especially now that I have braces. I'm like, do I want people to see me on video with braces? And when I actually just am forced to do something because, say, I'm being interviewed by somebody on video, I just forget about the braces and I'm just being myself. So I would encourage listeners out there to ask themselves the question, when you are being yourself, are you thinking about any of those things like, is my hair right? Is my, is my tie straight? Is any of those things there? Or are you just in the moment of the message? Can I give you another example of, uh, in the video world? Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. So one of my clients, um, named uh, Natalia Vol, she helps people uh, deal with grief and her whole backstory prepared her for that. But she started doing videos because I pushed her and she didn't want to do them. I said, start doing videos. And she started initially just being like I was, very serious, talking about this and that. And I said, you need to loosen up because that's not going to attract people. One time she shot a video when it was raining. She had a raincoat on and it was just very natural. She almost, a tree branch almost hit her in the face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she went from like 40 views to like 400. And then one time she said, uh, I don't know what to shoot about this week. And I said, um, she goes, I've just, uh, honestly, she said, I'm feeling a little down. I'm not even making my bed these days, you know, because everybody has these moments. And I said, shoot the video in your bedroom and have your unmade bed in the background and talk about how sometimes life, you don't even want to make your bed. And that's me today. And here's some things that I'm doing to get over it. Anyway, I went on about like three or four different things on, you know, the laundry's overflowing, the unmade bed and these different things. And her, she gets on average like four to 800 views of her videos now. She's got the same information, but she's just delivering it in a much more, this is how this is how she would talk to you if you were meeting her in person type of way. So authenticity is definitely what you want to strive for. 
I think there's another important thing in there. You said four to 800 views. It's not like she's getting a million views. We're also stuck on this. You have to get a million views. But what's your what's your view on that? Here it is. So I'm going to use it. In, in and we have one minute to news, just so you I'll know. be real quick. So in, if people say, well, do you have bestsellers? You know, how, you know how you can game the system? You get a bunch of people to buy your book within like an hour, all your friends, etc. And you get, a best, you get a bestseller label because you're a subset of a subset of a subset on Amazon. That's crap. I would rather sell 50 books and have five new clients than sell 500 books to people I don't know and are not in my wheelhouse. So it's not the number of views. It's the number of people that you connect with and have an impact and share value with. I love, 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 love that. As we go into the news break, everybody, think about what Jim just said. Do you even know who it is that you want to target? We talked about this last week's show, but let's talk about it some more. Who do you want to target? Remember that the ultimate success trigger is you deciding what you're going to do. We'll be right back after the national news. If you're just joining us live on the air here on iHeartRadio, then you know don't know, but we are talking to Jim Palmer, founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. He is the host of Dream Business Coach TV, which is a heat, hit weekly web TV show. But more than that, he's just a really cool guy who's so authentic, and I love having him on. And we've been talking about, are you saying no to yourself? Um, how to break through being perfect and recognizing that you can just take action. And he has this really cool concept that I love that we're going to talk about right now. So, Jim, what is Squishyville? <laughs> Squishyville. Um, so one of, the, one of the main messages of my book, Decide, is uh, if you were to study like I have, um, if you look at highly successful people, entrepreneurs, small business owners, executives, whatever, highly successful people have the ability to look at a situation or a challenge or a question or an opportunity and they quickly decide, you know, pros and cons, yes or no, and then they make a decision, yes or no. Because yes or no moves a business forward uh, because that's that's making a decision. If you say, I'm going to put it on the back burner, I'll think about it later, whatever, that's indecision. And indecision is a momentum killer. And the one thing that growing uh, businesses thrive on is momentum. And if you do anything to slow momentum, you're going you're gonna to impede your growth. And so indecision. So when I'm writing about this in my book, Laura, I said, hmm, it's got to be a place for these people who can't make a decision to save their life. And I called it Squishyville because everything is just so soft and cuddly and nobody ever has to make a hard decision and face the consequences, good, bad, or otherwise. So Squishyville is a place where, honestly, probably a vast majority of people live because they, they, they don't want to make a decision. Um, it, the funny thing is, though, and by the way, no top 1%ers live in Squishyville, I can assure you that. But the thing is, I think the ability to make these decisions, um, it's, like, it's like a muscle. I think you have a decision-making muscle, and like any muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And making good decisions comes from, what do you call it, your gut, intuition, spirit, whatever. If you think of most of the hard decisions that you've had to make in either your life or your business, you pretty much knew what the right thing to do was pretty quickly. And only because you thought of it and started thinking, processing for a longer period of time, uh, your heart and emotions take over when your intellect kind of told you what the right thing to do is, right? So Squishyville is where people who can't make a decision go to live. Is there ever a time not to make a decision? 
Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't. I would. I we didn't buy our house in an afternoon because it felt right. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between should I have a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich, or should I hire this person or not, or should I buy this boat or that boat? I mean, different decisions. I'm not saying you go haphazard, but if you stop to think about the decisions you make on a daily basis, especially if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, it's probably hundreds. One of these days, I'm I'm threatening myself to count them, but like if one of my assistants calls, hey Jim, we need that we need uh, new photo editing software. I say, okay, go get it. I don't even think about that. I don't think about, it. did you look at other things? Are there different services? Are there different levels? I just say, go do it, because I, I don't want to slow down that train. So there's different decisions have, have different weights. And the thing is, if it feels wrong, then say no, because, uh, and by the way, if you have a growing, thriving business, floor and you make a bad decision, it doesn't mean it's going to tank the business. You could uh, course correct as you move along, or you pull the plug on that, but indecision is, is really the worst thing because n- nothing happens until you decide yes or no. I want to click on that, that one comment you just made in there about if you make a wrong decision in your business, it's not going to derail you, you make a course correction. Let's explore that a little bit further. D- dive into that for me because one of the biggest fears people have, a lot of my listeners have, and I know I've had as a business owner when I had my tech company is, oh my gosh, I, I just invested all this money in something and it was terrible. How am I going to recoup the funds? What about how people are thinking about me in the world? What's your response to that? Um, so there are some which have more impact than others. I remember going back probably 12 years when I hired a CPA, because I honestly came clean with myself and said, I am not an accountant. That's the worst thing in the world I should be spending my time on. He told me to get QuickBooks. And so I went to Staples, and there I am standing in front of the software, and it says QuickBooks is, let's just say, 300 bucks. And But wait, here's Quicken. That's only 100 bucks. <laughs> I said, okay, they kind of look the same. I'll get that. Well, I opened it up because you peel the thing, insert the CD. I could no longer return it. He said, no, I told you to get QuickBooks. I can't work with Quicken for X, Y, and Z reasons. So I made a decision. I made the wrong one. So, you know, the software ended up costing me 100 and something dollars more than it should have. That's the, another one might be just a little bit, um, you know, let's go back four or five years when Facebook marketing started coming out. And I'm a pretty smart guy. I understand marketing. And I, I actually bought a book on Facebook marketing and I started putting it out there. And, and you know, I had to just come have my, a talk with myself as, as a coach and said, what the hell are you doing? You, you, you should be hiring somebody for that. I have this thing that says you want to focus most of your time on high revenue generating activities. And if you can hire somebody for whatever, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 an hour, um, and you keep focusing on much higher revenue generating activities, that's the right decision. But we always make different decisions. And some, uh, here's another one. This would be very, very current. So, you know, we just had our event in, in uh, Orlando. And on our, on our last night, we were taking a bunch of folks to a, a dinner theater, a mystery murder dinner theater for some fun. And, you know, we made a decision that more people were going to opt into this than actually did. So I rented a big coach bus, Laura. I'm not going to tell you how much, but it was several hundred dollars, and it ended up being like 25 people decided to go. Other people went home early. Some people went and did something else. But I made a quick decision because I said, no, we're going to get you know, easily 40, 50 people. Um, so we rented the coach bus. In hindsight, I could have rented a bus half the size, probably for half the money. But it didn't kill me. You know, the momentum kept going. So you, that's what I mean about you can absorb some decisions. Um, does that help? 
It, it does, but I, w- I want to go a little further into this because my, okay. my thoughts are going round and round here. So um, you can absorb most decisions, but for some people, their business may be at a level where they're, say, starting. Mm-hmm. And at, how do they decide where they spend the money? Because at two or three hundred versus a hundred could be the difference. You know, the the hiring the coach or the Facebook marketing having the person can literally start putting them into debt. So okay, how well, do they start asking themselves the right that. questions? Because you just you just said the the magic word. It could put them into debt. I would say that. First of all, if you're thinking of starting a business, um, you have to get very, very real with yourself. It'll be one of the hardest things you're ever going to do, not only from a time standpoint, but a work standpoint, a stress standpoint, stress on your family, but it's also going to stress out your wallet and your ability to prove how much you believe in your business. So the first thing I tell people is if you don't believe with every, uh, with your heart, mind, and soul and every fiber of your being that what you have to offer product or service is absolutely the best. It's going to help a lot of people, and therefore you are going to bring it to market, and you're going to you're going to go down the road that's most likely going to be required to bring it to success because there are no shortcuts to creating a dream business. Then you probably shouldn't pull the trigger. You know, ultimately, um, when I started my business, I had come off of uh, unemployment and cancer, so I started with about sixty thousand dollars in debt already, just from keeping my family fed and afloat. But uh, by the time I turned the corner, I had $140,000 of credit card debt. And the only reason I kept going is because I kept telling myself how ridiculous would it be for me to quit now after I put in this level of work. And I talk about the different levels of uh, risk that people are willing to take. And the, what I, the granddaddy of them all, I think, is uh, like Fred Smith. He started Federal Express in the late 70s during the oil embargo. Gas prices were high. His, his concept for overnight letter delivery at the time, prefax machine and things like that. Now, he didn't just buy a couple used Cessnas and test his theory on Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky. He invested in multiple DC-9 jets, pilot, co-pilot, ground-proof vans. He went all in. He lost literally millions and millions of dollars. Now, you, your question was kind of predicated on the entrepreneur, but everybody is an entrepreneur, and whether you're going to invest $500 or 5000 or 50000 or $5 million, it's going to be the same. Are you willing to take your chips and push them into the table, the middle of the table, and bet on yourself to win big? Because I guarantee this, there's going to be a time, and I call it Bill Paying Friday, when in the early days when my wife was still working, this is how much she's bringing in, here's how much our bills are, here's how much I need to contribute, and if my business didn't bring in that money, I needed to borrow it. And so to the degree that you're willing to go that route, because no business is going to grow dramatically and quickly and to be all it can be if you're going to grow on cash flow alone. If you think you're going to grow a business just on cash flow, I would encourage you not to do it because it's going to take forever. Most likely it will be a disappointment. Is that the difference between an entrepreneur and a small business owner? That's partly the difference. See, a small business owner is somebody who constantly focuses on sales. I've got to sell more. So if, you're, if you own a jewelry store, one example I give in the book, and you start selling jewelry and 
you're doing really well and you pack in another two cases and you hire some more people, the cases get more full with watches and all kinds of things. Eventually you peak out. Let's say you're doing a million dollars in jewelry sales at your store. The only way that you're going to continue to grow is what? A small business owner would say, "Mm, time for a second location. An entrepreneur is more focused on wealth creation and creating different streams of revenue and financial freedom. And that is often done by not just selling more of what your core business is. It's by looking for other ways. So for me, when I started No Hassle Newsletters, I also started Custom Article Generator, Concierge Print and Mail on Demand, um, No Hassle Social Media. I started creating all these other companies which would serve uh, these clients that I already had, and in some cases, new clients would come in by one funnel and end up in another one. So I wasn't just focused on more newsletter customers. How else can I make money? And then ultimately, my biggest revenue stream now is as a dream business coach. I teach other people how to do that. But there's I, an expression. Oh, no, need to pause? Yeah, yeah, we do need to pause. We're going to go into our last commercial break, and we'll come back with more from Jim Palmer. Everybody, ask yourself, what is your risk tolerance? We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Jim, we were talking about that whole, at what point do you stop going into debt conversation, and we continued it um, during the commercial break. I, I have a lot of listeners, and I've seen this myself. People will go into debt just taking coaching after coaching, go to conference after conference, buy this gizmo that will help them with Facebook advertising or this plug-in or that. At, at what point, I mean, how do you respond to that? Because, you know, there's so many inauthentic coaches that are all about the money and this is not who you are. And there's always another thing to make you do better. At what point do you have to say, stop, I have to do? Um, well, part of it has to do with identifying, uh, and I totally believe in working with coaches, but you have to identify Me somebody too. who's, I, it's who's actually done what it is they're teaching you how to do. If you, and no disrespect to 19-year-olds, but if you have a 19-year-old coach who's going to teach you how to live a fulfilled life, I mean, I just, I don't know, I find humor in that. And if you, And there are plenty of people who uh, will profess to help you grow a six-figure business who haven't done it themselves. They've been to a lot of seminars, events, have read a lot of books, and they're basically regurgitating information for people who have done it. Now, you can be a good teacher. To me, I think the rubber meets the road. If you want to uh, work with somebody uh, who's going to teach you how to have a six-figure business or multiple six-figure businesses or whatever that looks like, ask to see their resume. And, and it's honestly, when I say your resume, it's, it's uh, uh, showing my age, but really look at what they've done. So that's number one. As far as going to seminars and buying programs, home study courses, I like all of that. But here's the thing. Sometimes we get into action or we stay into action or we go to events because it feels good, like we're out amongst like-minded people. Again, I'm not against that, but if that is what you're ticking off as being proactive and busy in your business, that's not producing results. I, I was a seminar junkie, and there was a point about three or four years ago, and it, again, this was through uh, working with a, uh, my mindset coach. He said, Jim, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not against continued learning, but you already know what you need to do, to do. You already know what you need to know to grow the business that you want to have. Now go get busy. And stop going to 12 events a year and this, that, <laughs> and it was true. 
because I went to another event. It was two-day event, three-day event, flying out, flying back. I'm like, man, look at me. I'm, I'm, and then there's pictures of me with the speakers, and I'm busy, busy, busy investing in myself. And again, I'm all for that to a degree. But if that is a substitute for being in action and doing what you need to do to grow your business, that is not a good thing. And very often, you just need somebody. I call it a Mr. T. When you work with a coach like me or somebody, somebody else who will actually just tell it like it is, I call it a Mr. T moment. And I, I picture that Rocky, I think it was number three, where Mr. T is like scowling in the face of Rocky, who had he was well quaffed at that point. You know that picture, right? Yes. And he's got this hard look. And he says, what's my prediction? Pain, right? A, a good coach is going to tell you what the heck's going on, and he's not going to let you get away with crap. It's, it's so important because so often, I, I found it in myself lately, you know, I was caregiving for my mom and doing all this stuff. I'm, I'm stuck in inaction a lot. And, but when I do something, it works. When I get myself out of that, oh, I need to get this widget or this or that, and I just use the knowledge I have. Mm-hmm. or the thing I have, just taking some form of action makes a difference. And that's what I love about your book, Decide, because it really is deciding to to do something, deciding to be successful, deciding to that what you have is the best thing out there. Now, I want to make sure, because people have been t- sending me some emails, how do they find you? How do they get your book? Because I know you have a really great offer going on right now. Too. I do. Um, so my my home base, if you will, is getjimpalmer.com, www.getjimpalmer.com. But um, if folks want to get a copy of my book, Decide the Ultimate Success Trigger, um, I will mail them um, a, a hard copy. It's not a PDF download. It's a, about a 185-page book, I believe. We'll mail it out within 24 hours for free. The only thing I would ask is that they pay the shipping and handling, which is six ninety five, I believe. And if you want to get a copy of that book, it is decideforsuccessbook.com, decideforsuccessbook.com. And as I say, i got a team that ships those out within 24 hours. And um, if you're thinking of growing a business, there's going to be a lot of information here. It may prevent you from doing it, which wouldn't be a bad thing if, if you don't have uh, entrepreneurial genes, so to speak. But if you have an idea, it just might push you into uh, getting into action. I highly recommend the book. I've got a lot of dog-eared stuff in it from when reading it. You know, your, your wife, Steph, sent me um, the copy of the book when I booked you to be on the show. And I love it. I read every, I read the books of every one of my guests. Some I love, some I don't. Most of them I really love. Uh, I loved yours. I think it's a great handbook for every entrepreneur out there. Thank you. So last thought you'd like to leave my audience with. Oh, I want to throw one other thing in there. You are really about to begin living another level of your own (laughs) dream life. I mean, you're you're there having a a snowstorm right now, but uh, Steph was saying to me the other day that you're about to embark on another route. How did that dream life come about? So one day, um, Stephanie, who had a 15-year career in, in child care, ran a big, a big uh, daycare center, which is one stressful job to be sure. So after 15 years, she was ready for a break. And um, at that moment, you know, we had spent a little, almost 28 years, 29 years in our home where we raised our four kids. And since I can do my job anywhere, I got an Internet and a phone, we're suddenly not tied geographically. And she said, 
we got to go on a big adventure. Well, long story short, we decided we sold our house, put, put our furniture, gave some furniture to our kids, put the rest of it in storage, and we bought a 50-foot yacht that we're about to, in about 30 days from now, we're going to move on this boat, and we're going to not, I mean, we're going to say goodbye to land. We're always going to be at marinas or something, but we are going to be living and working aboard a boat. I was down there this weekend. We took out a couple chairs, so I got room for my desk. I figured out the whole internet situation, and we're going to be living and working aboard this boat, going up and down the East Coast, and and it's one of those life is short moments, so we're, we want to live now because, you know, time is ticking away, and uh, I don't, we, neither of us want to be old and, and having regrets, like, ah, oh, we should have done that, and I'll tell you, at, you know, 58 years old, when you're thinking about retirement, the least... Um, the least best, bad grammar there, sorry, I'm not perfect. The least best thing you can do for an investment is to buy a friggin' boat. <laughs> and yet, but we're going to do this, and we're going to figure it out. She went to learn how to read charts and all. all we're going to do it, and it's going to be a big adventure, and we're going to have a great time doing it. So is that one of the last thoughts you want to leave everybody with, this grand adventure and living your dream life? I'll leave you with one more, um, and this is really important whether you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur already or just starting out. Remember this. Uh, you will earn significantly more income for who you are than what you do. It's not about the deliverable. It's not about whether you cut grass or clean carpets or you're an accountant or lawyer. That's the deliverable. You're going you're gonna to be so much more in demand, and, and you're going to be able to charge a much higher fee because of the celebrity brand that you create for yourself. So it's more about who you are in the eyes of your customers and prospects, not the deliverable. I love that. So who are you in the eyes of your customers? Not who are you in your own eyes, but who are you in the eyes of your customers? That's right. I love that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, what a blast, Laura. This has been a really fun hour. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I can't believe it's gone by so quickly, but I say that every week. So everybody, um, Jim's book is Decide, the Ultimate Success Trigger, and it's Jim Palmer. And the website again, Jim? GetJimPalmer.com is the main website, and DecideForSuccessBook.com if they want to get a free copy of my book. Free copy, just pay shipping and handling. I recommend it. It's dog-eared right now, so dog-eared. I, my mother would be horrified with the fact that I, <laughs> I've dog-eared a book. You know, I always grew up knowing you don't desecrate a book, but this book needs to have, be written in. It needs to be dog-eared and take action on it, everybody. Thanks for being on the show again, Jim. Thanks, Laura. Have a great day. Remember, everyone, the right question truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. See you next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 